Thanks for tuning in on our Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we pray you're encouraged by the message. So today we're going to be concluding our series on the book of Hebrews. It's been a great 10-week journey, and we get to chapter number 12, and I really feel this morning, man, our faith is going to go up in this room. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Everyone there? If you're there, say amen. Amen. All right. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Can you say every weight? Then it goes on to say, and the sin. So there's a distinction there. People read the word weight and sin, and they tie them together. No, no, no. It's every weight. It's everything that's weighing on your mind. It's everything that gets your heart sad. It's everything that brings anxiety or fear or doubt. The Bible says, lay aside every weight, meaning you weren't created to carry it. That's pretty good right there. I could close the Bible, say amen, and we can go home. Say we had church. Goes on to say, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto people looking unto political parties looking unto just say twitter oh yeah elon's there now guess i'll make me an account now looking unto my spouse looking unto my parents looking unto my checkbook looking unto Do I need to keep going? Looking unto Jesus. The only one who is capable of helping you. Jesus. Oh man, I might get a little shouty today. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy, say joy. joy. Man, for the joy that was set before him, meaning had not happened yet. The joy set before him endured the cross. Aren't you thankful he endured the cross? Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And if I can insert from the Bible, praying on your behalf. That's the Jesus we serve. Man, I'm about to get crazy. Father, help in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen and amen. Can we give it up for Nate and our worship team this morning for leading us in worship? All right, so let's close this series out and let's close it out good. I understand I just put a bunch of pressure on myself, so let's see how we can make this happen. Let me just set the stage for what we're talking about today before I go out and make a fool of myself on the golf course with some great friends. Um, Today, we're talking about thinking properly or thinking right or having the right mindset when going through a difficult time. Is there anybody in here, show of hands, that has gone through a difficult time? Is there anybody right now that would take their other hand and say, I'm going through one right now? Boom. See, don't tell me you can't lift your hands in church. You just did it. Don't lift my hands when they tell me to. They ain't bossing me around. I'm just joking, just saying. Bible says that we lift holy hands without wrath. We could all agree that all of us in some way can be going through a difficult time. If we have found ourselves in one right now, there's great hope today. I'm gonna show you what you do when you go through a very difficult time stemmed from the verses that we just read. If you are not going through a difficult time, like you've heard me say before, buckle up, because it's coming. 
I know, right? Thanks for coming to church. I feel so encouraged today. It's coming because if you're, if you, listen, if you are a born again believer, you can rest assured the enemy's coming after you. As you start getting things put into place, he's just waiting for the next opportune time, just like he did with Jesus, and he's going to come back and he's going to try to wreck your life. See, we, we, we know this to be true. We know the devil's real because if we don't know that the devil's real, then we can't believe that God is real. It's just like you can't know love if you don't know hate. There can't be no heaven if you ain't got no hell. Listen to me very carefully. He is out to destroy your life. He's not playing games. He's playing for keeps. So the reality is that when we say, hey, I am a believer in Jesus, we understand that we're actually signing ourselves up for a fight. And a good fight is a fight you when so why do so many people spend their time losing i'll tell you why because they can't get their thinking right they can't get this figured out they can't understand that their thinking must sound and look a lot like this book so when difficult times come they have no defense other than maybe things will work out and be okay maybe if i just walk this thing out the problem will just go have you ever wished a problem away Okay, anybody? Like show of hands, like get, get interactive with me. I wish it would go away only to find out it doesn't really get you too far. No, no, you, you have to do some things for problems to go away. And so understanding this whole idea of getting our mind right, we see this, this crazy good thing take place in the opening scriptures that we just read. Jesus actually does something. He has the proper thinking about something that he hasn't even encountered yet. Which makes me wonder, how many times do we sit back worrying about things that have not even happened yet? Right? All of a sudden, we start, we, we start just kind of like putting these scenarios and the what ifs and what about this and what about that. And, and we, we put these, these ideas out there. And most of the time, if we're honest, they actually never really happen. But our imagination begins to run wild. So today what we're talking about is we're talking about getting our minds right so we can understand that where we are now and how we think right now really determines what's going to take place later. I'd love for you to write this down because it's true. If we don't get our minds right, we will give in and we will quit. You'll give in and quit. If you're, listen, if you're going after God and if you're going after Jesus, if you don't get your mind right with this word, there's going to come a moment where the, the newness of it, it wears off and you quit. If you don't get your mind right with the word of God about the circumstance or the problem that you're going through, you will give in and you will quit because that situation or that struggle or that worry, it will pound you down and pound you down and pound you down until you give up and you quit. So we have to get our minds right. Look at your neighbors real quick and say, get your mind right. All right, come on now, look at the other neighbor that you just ignored and say, I'm gonna get my mind right. If you don't get your mind right, you're going to give in and you're going to quit. Let me tell you why this is so important, okay? We're, we're finishing the series on Hebrews. If you've been with us, you know this. The writer of Hebrews is writing to Jewish Christians who are getting ready to walk away from their belief and faith in Jesus because of persecution or because things have gotten really tough. So the writer of Hebrews gets to chapter 12 and begins to, to, to lay out this whole idea that there's a group of people who are looking down from the balconies of heaven who have been where you have been, but I guarantee you have suffered more than you have suffered. And they look down at you and I and they say, hey, look, there's this race that you're running. You need endurance, but here's what you need to do to run that race well. You need to get your mind under control. So the writer of Hebrews says, 
If you're going to run this race, get it right. Which leads me to our first question. What do we need to know then? If, we, if we're looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and we see that the writer is pointing out to this thought life that Jesus had that helped him endure the cross, how did he do it? Why is it so important? And why should it matter to me today? Okay, so let's answer this. Number one, we need to know that future success comes from right thinking today. Okay, so future, right, ahead of us. If we're going to get through whatever's coming, then today we've got to make a decision to think right. So when the author says, for the joy that was set before him, for the joy, pause for a moment. What is Jesus getting ready to go and do? He's going to pay the ultimate price on a cross. He's going to feel every bit of pain. Yet for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. In other words, he goes into this thing thinking, I can see that there's a better day on the other side of all of this pain that I'm going to experience. So right away, Jesus is showing us that he has this mind, watch here, that is mature. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So if there's mature, what's the opposite of maturity? Immaturity. So there's one or the other. See, the reality is, is we can never be successful or matured if we don't go through trials and problems and testings. Those are the things in life that begin to mature you. So you may be going through difficulty, watch here, with children. If you have a problem with your children, that sounds really bad to say, by the way. <laughs> I have a problem, child. If you're having a difficulty with your children, can I just encourage you, do the right thing. Do all that you can to raise them up in the principles of God, in the principles of the word, and focus on them being everything that God intends them to be. You pray for them. You believe in them. You're there for them. But you got to walk through those hard times with joy because on the other side of that, there's victory. In your marriage, if you're struggling, can I just encourage you? Do the next right thing, whatever it is. Live in obedience to God and his word. Focus on a time when you will have worked through these issues. Why? Because the joy set before you on the other side of marriage problems is good things. Your health. Here's the thing. Do the right next thing for your health. Do the right things before the Lord. Focus on the time when God is going to work in you and heal you in your body. If it's in your finances, be the best steward you can be with what God has placed under your responsibility. Walk in absolute obedience to God and his word and focus on a time when the Lord brings financial breakthrough. What am I saying? I'm saying if you have an issue now for the joy set before, he endured the cross which was ahead, work your way through that deal and get to the promise. Yeah. Am I making sense? cool because you're kind of being quiet but some of you are nodding and I'm just making sure I'm on the right path. I do not get up here to preach really good sermons so I can look really smart to you. If you know me, that's not the case. But sometimes I'm looking at and I'm going, okay, what's hitting here? What's God trying to say? What I'm trying to say or what I feel God's trying to say is for the joy set before whatever you have going on. There's another side to that deal. Work through it. Stop running from it. Stop getting to the place where you avoid the hard conversations. Stop getting in the place where you look at the dream that you want to have, but you see the no, the no, the no, the no, the no, and then you quit and you don't understand that it's just right there. 
See, some of you are so close to a breakthrough, you have no idea, but you're ready to quit now. Don't quit now. Keep pressing through. Do the next right thing. Make the next phone call. Have the next conversation. Do whatever you got to do in the time that you're walking through to get to that. But all the way back to the beginning, what does it say? For the joy set before him. Where's your joy? Come on, where's it at? Where's your joy? Because here's the deal. If you had none of that, but your joy is found in Jesus, you have all you need. See, but we don't like to hear that. I'm going to just call it out. You don't like to hear that. I'll tell you why. Because if Jesus was enough for you, you would lay all that worry away. You're holding on to it. If Jesus is all you had, you have enough. Now, here's the great news. Whatever you're going through, Jesus can help you fix that. Because he's Jesus. Aren't you glad he's Jesus and you're not? Whew. I thought I had pressure. Man, that's why the Bible says to take all your cares, all your worries, all your doubts, all your anxieties, all of that friction. And he says, just give it to me. You weren't intended to carry that. Some of you are carrying things that God never intended for you to carry. Let it go. I got a baby girl now. So now all of a sudden I started singing, let it go. Let it go. Do, 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 do. I can't believe I just did that in church. Anyways, <laughs> here's my point, and it's on video. Thank you very much. Oh, man. Listen to me, some people, myself included, we become so overwhelmed with difficulties and challenges that we never move forward. But the mature believer, look, say the mature believer. The mature believer, yes, because you need to mature. That, that's the, we, we read about that in Hebrews, that we would mature our faith. The mature believer thinks a certain way. They think about how sweet the victory is going to be on the other side. Therefore, they endure in the moment. They're able to focus on the victory beyond the circumstance. Because God is good. Man, you heard me say this before, man. When you make your problems bigger than God, watch out, as Dave would say. All right, so you say, watch out. That's how you say it right there. Just watch out. But when you make your God bigger than your problems, you hearing me? So here's my question. Here's my question. Is God big enough for you? Okay, if he is, come on, here comes the coach of me. If he is, Daryl, Tanya, Lindy, we suffer on, on Fridays together. Hey, come on, if he's that big, act like it. Move your life around that. Be about it. Whether they say, don't just talk about it, be about it. Be about it. God's good. Hard times, yep, God's good. So what are you saying? Like, you, you, no, no, I'm still frustrated by this deal, but God's good. Ain't worried though. Jesus said, don't worry. Worry can add a single thing to your life. Oh, really? Yes, really. <laughs> Told you I was a little fired up today. Anyways, it motivates you to get through. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He's saying that if you could find the joy right here. The writer of Hebrews is saying that if God created you and has a plan for you, then he will give you everything you need to get through that problem. But here's the deal. Like Jesus, you also have an enemy, a.k.a. the devil, the little guy, the red guy with the pitchfork. We don't know if that's reality. I don't think it is. But he's real. And here's the deal. If you don't learn to think like Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him was able to get through the worst day any human has ever experienced. Man, some of us think, man, we've had the worst day ever. Not like Jesus did. 
Not on the day that he went to the cross. He experienced something you and I would never experience. And he did it because of you. You were in his mind. But here's the deal. If you don't, you will be robbed by the enemy of God's best for your life. Notice the words of Hebrews 12 too. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That means that when you and I are going through hard times, your faith begins by believing that God has something better for you in your future. Write this down because it is true. Our faith begins and ends with right thinking. That's where it starts and that's where it ends. You got to get your mind right. In other words, you've got to be able to say in the midst of hard times, there's something better in my future. And if I will do the right thing today, regardless of the difficulty, God will reward that. I believe that to be true. See, I'm convinced without a doubt, one of the major tools the enemy uses in yours and my life is discouragement. It gets you discouraged. You have that dream in your heart, you have that idea in your mind, and all you get is a no, a no, a no, a no. And you get discouraged. I was talking with Vanessa last night, and I can't share the name of this company, and I can't share what they're doing. It's it's really, really cool stuff. But I will say this. They sent out a poll on Twitter. And every time I say Twitter now, I just got the whole past week just going through my mind. But nevertheless, moving on. And it was something along the lines of, if you were to tell me what's the hardest struggle or the biggest thing you're going through right now. I mean, how, I mean, how many days? Was it just one day, 5,000 plus replies? And one day, think about this. This company is coming out with something really cool. I can't share with you. I can't let you know. It's really cool. I'm really excited about it. Can you tell? And I had cups of coffee. <laughs> they sent out this tweet. 5,000 responses in a day. Can I give you what the top three answers were? Number one, I'm tired. Number two, I'm sad. Number three, I'm anxious. Sounds a lot like discouragement to me. We live in a world that is highly, highly discouraged. Matter of fact, for some of you, come on, let's shoot straight right here. If I was to ask you if you have courage in your heart, every single day or discouragement in your heart every single day most of you would say I find myself in consistent discouragement when you're discouraged you see no hope you have no joy you're aimless and friends can I just tell you most of us if not all of us we've been there just down. And there have been times in my life where I feel like I have just existed for weeks on end in a consistent state of discouragement. God, when is this ever going to change? God, when is this prayer that I prayed, when is it ever going to get answered? And it doesn't. And time goes on. And discouragement comes. And we're broken. And we have no joy and we have no hope. We're discouraged. And here's what I've learned 
If we're discouraged, it's very hard every single day to have joy in the midst of difficulty. See, I think there's only two ways you can go about this. Only two ways. It's what I call photographic thinking. Now, don't worry, I'm not like this new age guy. Okay, I love Jesus, but just go with me. There's this photographic thinking or there's this prophetic thinking. From what Jesus did, I want to show you in your mind, from your thinking, if you are a photographic thinker or if you are actually, believe it or not, a prophetic thinker. Now think about this. The devil comes to you at a bad point in your life and he takes a snapshot of that bad place, right? And you're in this difficult situation. And what he does is he takes this hard time in your life, this difficulty that you have, he takes this snapshot and he holds up the snapshot in your face. And here's what he says. This is the rest of your life. This one bad day, this one bad moment, this one thing that you did that no one else can forget, that's you. And he, what he does is he takes that bad day and he says, I want you to live the rest of your life thinking about how bad you were here, the mistake that you made, this is what you're going to be, nothing more, nothing less. It's a snapshot. He says to parents with challenging kids, this is the way it's going to turn out. It's always going to be this way. They're going to be distant from you. They're not going to care about what you think. They're going to have an attitude. It's always going to be this way. That's what the devil would say. He would say in your marriage, it's as good as it's going to get. Can't get any better than that. And he holds a snapshot. Your health. He says, you ain't getting better. God's not answering that prayer. You're going to die with that diagnosis. See, here's your bad day. Here's the doctor report. Here's your failed marriage. This is who you are. God will never send you anybody else. You're going to be lonely. You're going to be depressed. This is your snapshot. And he's aggressive in it. And he's holding it up to you every single day. You wake up in the morning. You face yourself in the mirror. You look at your job. You look at this. And you actually believe the lie that the enemy would want to speak over you. I told you I'm fired up today. I am so tired of people missing God's best for their life. I'm not mad at anybody, by the way. Oh, just so you know. I just want God's best for your life. But you're believing a snapshot. You're believing that photograph and that picture of I'll never be good enough. Some of you are so far in debt, the devil lies and says, you'll never get out of debt. You'll always be under the thumb of debt. Steals your joy. And what the enemy does is he takes that snapshot of your present situation and he holds it up in your face and he says, it's as good as it's going to get. You see, the devil wants you to look into your future through the lens of what's going wrong today. And when you do, you'll lose your hope. You'll be paralyzed by fear and despair. And I hate to say this, but it's the truth. You will be right where the enemy wants you to be. Hopeless. See, I've learned in my life, my own life, and in the life of many, is that many people who are depressed or stuck in the cycle of defeat or have self-destructive thoughts, are there because of this very thing. They keep looking at the picture and looking at the picture and looking at the picture. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. 
I blew it. That's how they'll always know me. That'll never go away. And you believe the lie. But, oh, that's a good but, by the way. But, there's another way of thinking. See, that thinking right there will self-destruct you. But there's another way of thinking. It's called prophetic thinking. That's a very churchy term. I get that, but just, just track with me for a moment. For the joy that was set before him, if it's before him, it's in the future. That's what prophecy is. By the way, most people say they don't want to you know, read about prophecy in the Bible. Um, two-thirds of the Bible is about prophecy, by the way. It's, it's worth you understanding. Now, I'm going to take a different route and not go Revelation style on you. I'm going to kind of refer it to you in your thought life. There is a way for you to be a prophetic thinker. In other words, looking into the future through the lens of God's promises and God's faithfulness. Okay, so track with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down. What's that word say? Strongholds. Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Pause. So when you have that negative picture that's not of God, the Bible says right here that is, it's being exalted against the knowledge of it. That's the opposite of God. He says we cast down those arguments. In other words, there's a solution to this. Bringing every thought. Say every thought. Come on, say it like you need it. Say every thought. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and his word and being ready. I love this word to punish. Ooh, all disobedience. When you're, what does that mean? That means that negative thought, you need to punish that thought. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Lock those things up. Throw away the key. That's what the Bible's saying here. It's saying you got to take those photos of your life that you feel like a mess up. You got to take those thoughts and you got you to get away with them. Think about this. We talked about this last week. I don't know who's coming. Nate, piano, not sure, but go and make your way. Think about this. The 12 spies, they went in to check out the promised land. You remember the story? The 10 came back and said, yep, it's full of milk and honey, but there are giants there. They're bigger than us. We're mere grasshoppers in their eyes. But Joshua and Caleb, no, 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 no. They had prophetic thinking. They said, yep, there were giants in the land, but God will deliver them into our hands because the land has been promised to us. Notice the type of thinking. One group said, no photograph thinking, negative, negative, negative. But two said, no, 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 promise of God. It's our land. They had prophetic thinking. They understood that it was God and the promises of God. So I want to suggest to you very quickly that prophetic thinking is full thinking because it says, I realize there are problems. We all agree to that, right? You got problems, I got problems, we got problems. If you don't think you're the problem, more times than not, you are the problem. Moving on. Yes, I realize there's problems, but I also realize that God is at work. And I'm trusting in God's mercy and his grace and his power. So let's close our time this way, okay? If there's photographic thinking that we've got to get rid of, and you do, friends, and it's a journey, but it starts with the declaration of faith that says, I'm going to start today. That, how do I do that? 
I gotta think prophetically. Write this down. Number one is you have to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians chapter five. For we walk by faith, not by sight. The reality is, is you can't live the life that God intends you to live if you are controlled by everything that you see. You've got to be moved in the realm of faith. And I, I won't take much time because we talked about last week. I'm not talking about faith that's phony. It is okay for you to say, I'm struggling. It is okay for you to say, I'm hurting. Nothing is wrong with that. That's not a lack of faith. That's reality. But if you are feeling that, you decide, I'm not staying there. I have faith that there's something better for me. Okay. I almost wanted to go back to what I said last week when I move on because then I'll preach a whole lot longer. See, listen to me. There's a reality beyond this reality and it's the supernatural presence of God. When the scripture says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, it's an example of an unseen realm that Jesus was looking into. You see, on Friday when Jesus was crucified, everything in the seen realm was a mockery against him. Think of it. They're beating him. They're mocking him. They're spitting on him. They're be- Everybody could see that. But Jesus saw into another realm. The joy set before him. He knew that heaven was waiting. And he knew his assignment when he got to heaven was to sit at the right hand of the Father and to pray for you and I. Jesus saw into another realm. So remember, it's our faith that pleases God. Number two is you need to find a scripture that matches your struggle and make God's word your focus. That's long it's lengthy. I'll read it again. You need to find a scripture that matches your struggle and make God's word your focus. When you're going through that difficult time, what does God's word say about your struggle? Because God's word has an answer to everything. That's what we believe as Christians. There's, there's nothing we will ever face that we can't find a solution to in this Bible. God knew what we would go through. So he gave us his word. So whatever your struggle is, the Bible says something on that. There are hundreds of promises in God's word that you can hold on to and make your focus. So if your struggle is identity, if it's purpose, if it's fear, if it's worry, if it's relationships, if it's finances, if it's children, you need to find a scripture that speaks into that. And that needs to be your focus. So for example, I shared with you guys last week how you could be praying for Vanessa and I that we were feeling, especially over the past two years, feeling the weight of all that's taken place in the two years. And it's been so heavy. And so when, we, when I started and we started facing this, this, this pandemic going on and the social injustice and the financial crisis and everything going on and the people in the church not learning how to love their brother and sister in the Lord and instead started pointing fingers and being mean and rude and vile, man, this thing started to just weigh and weigh and weigh and it got so heavy. And pastors all across the nation, business people all across the nation for that matters, like it just got hard. I had to ask myself, okay, what am I leaning on here? And I was very honest last week. You can go back and watch the video if you weren't here, but I said this, I have never struggled mentally and physically ever in 21 years of ministry than I have the, pa- the past two years. I never have. And, and I, I mean this not as a badge of honor because people treat hustle like a badge of honor. I, there have been seasons in ministry where it has been 
beyond anything that I could do. But nothing compares to the past two years. And so I had to, in my mind, I had to go, okay, well, I'm struggling. So what's my scripture? That's what I had to do. I had to go to God's word. So it's a life scripture for me. They'll put it up on the board. Galatians chapter six, verse nine. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we also have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. For the past two years, this has been my scripture to match my struggle. Rich, don't grow weary while doing good. Okay, God, I'm not going to grow weary. I'm going to make sure i got balance. I've got rhythm. I'm going to take care of myself. Okay, God, I'm not going to do that. For in due season, Rich, you will reap a harvest if you do not lose. So what translation? You'll reap a harvest. Okay, God, I'm not going to lose heart. Why? Because people matter. Because your church is the church. Your church mobilized is the hope of the world. Okay, God, I'm not going to lose heart because if I don't lose heart and if I don't grow weary, God, you're going to help people know who you are. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Okay, God, what's the good we can do? God, what's the good that I can do? See, I took a scripture and I made it personal. God, what's it look like? And then it said, especially to those who are the household of faith. That's why I still love you. You guys are the household of faith. I said, okay, God, we're gonna keep church going. We're gonna keep meeting. We're gonna keep gathering. We're gonna keep pressing into the Bible. We're gonna keep praying. I found a scripture to match my struggle. And I could tell you more times than not, when I could not get words out about how discouraged I was, I had a scripture. And you've got to give yourself to, to, you've got to hold on to something. So let's just do something. Grab your phone. Come on. Just just grab your phone. Just grab your phone. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Pull it out, pull it out, pull it out. This is is for the people in the room that, that are done with being discouraged. This is for the people in the room that are tired of their struggles overtaking them. You see, this, this is for the people in the room that when they go to work tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday or whatever your life looks like Monday through Saturday, but you have a struggle. This is for those of you who want to actually do something with what's being said today and take a step because we're not just hearers of the word, we are doers of the word. If you've got a struggle, we're gonna put it up on the screen. There's a phone number on the screen. You're gonna text struggle. Is it on there, MJ? Thank you. You're gonna text struggle to 805 321-1357. Here's what it's going to do automatically. Automatically, it's going to shoot back a text message to you. And it's going to ask you, what's your struggle? Just pop it in there. Could be one word. Health, finances, worry, sick, marriage, the future, purpose, identity, whatever it is. Just pop it in there. Don't worry. Only Only I see it. I know most of you guys anyway, so it's all good. I got problems, you got problems, we all got problems. That's what I like about you. I hope it's what you like about me. Because I'm not some big shot up on a stage. I'm just like you. But I've learned that if I conceal my struggle and I don't go to God's word, I have no power. So text struggle to that number. And it's going to shoot you back a text message. And then all you got to do, put your struggle in there. And then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to see every one of them. 
I leave for San Diego tomorrow for a church conference all week long. And I'll have time. A lot of it's going to happen tonight. And I'm going to see your struggle. I've got a file on my computer I use all the time. And it's just got all these struggles. And then it's got scriptures for every single one of them. And I'm going to shoot you back just one scripture. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to take that scripture and apply it to your struggle. I'm asking you to read that scripture every single day. I might even go as far to say, I'm asking you to memorize that scripture. So when the struggle comes, you've got a word of God right there for it. But hear me, it's only if you'll let us know your struggle. Now, I know some of you are like, cool, I got the memo, I'll do it. I'm, I'm happy for that too. But some of us, we don't know where to look and what to turn to. And that's what I want to be about. I want to be a pastor who equips you with God's word. Amen? So we got to find a scripture. Last two points. Number three is you got to put yourself around mature, godly counsel. If you are going through a hard season and trouble, I'm going to say this very lovingly, mature, godly counsel. Notice what the Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. What is the scripture saying? Stop carrying your struggles by yourself. Stop hiding them and come to grips with them. Have somebody in your life who is mature and godly and share your struggle. Okay, Proverbs 19, 20. Listen to counsel. Receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. What does the Lord's counsel sound like? It sounds like this. What do mature believers in God sound like? Just like this. They have God's word. Notice the last scripture, James 2, 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Where does it come from? The wisdom from above. Lastly, number four, and we close. You have to develop a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. Man, I tell you, I know for a lot of people, when they see the word Holy Spirit, they're not quite sure what to make of that. We can help you better understand that. The Holy Spirit is for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there since day one. Hear me. When Jesus leaves, he says, there's something better coming. I got to go so the Holy Spirit could come. The Holy Spirit will lead you the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. So if you're going to get through a hard time, you need the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus goes to heaven. The Holy Spirit speaks on his behalf. He leads and he guides your life. So in closing, what do we need to know? If we don't get our minds right, we'll give in and quit. We got to know that. 
What do we need to know? We need to know that future success comes from right thinking today. Today, we start to change our thinking. How do we do that? Very easy. We become prophetic thinkers by learning to walk by faith, not by sight, finding a scripture that matches our struggle, putting yourself around mature godly counsel, and developing a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. My friends, that is how you go from a snapshot of what the devil wants to put in your face to a life full of God's power, God's joy, God's peace, and God's plan. Get, um, forgive me, get the stupid photos out of your life. Start to think right. Amen? I'm telling you, God has got amazing things for you. That's not pie in the sky. I'm telling you, his word is full of it. But we got to get this right, okay? Say this with me. Say, Pastor, I'm getting this right. Let me rephrase that. Rich, I'm getting this right. You can call me pastor if you want, but you don't have to. Today, I'm starting to think right. Today, I'm getting that scripture. Amen? Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 805-321-1357 or visit us at slow.canyonhills.com. Until next time, have a great day and be encouraged that God is with you and for you.